0: On Monday, the Oklahoma football program announced their latest bit in an attempt to attract 80,000 attendees to the spring game on April 14th. Apparently, the team will invite an OU student onto the field to race Hollywood Brown over 50 yards for a chance to win an OU swag bag or whatever the hell that is. They'll even give the student a 10-yard head start. And of course, that came on the heels of an announcement last week that country music has-been Trace Adkins would perform a free concert before kickoff. Side note, this weekend while driving on the highway, I saw an ad for a Trace Adkins concert at a rural Minnesota casino sometime in in May, if that gives you a decent idea of how in-demand Trace Adkins is these days. Now, none of this is designed to pile on the athletic department. They've gotten it from every angle on social media the last week. Twitter didn't seem too enthused about the Trace Adkins announcement, and the latest bit featuring Hollywood is slightly fun, but really reeks of desperation. Now, I'm on record as saying that I think OU is going to get the 80,000 people they want in a couple weeks, but I can assure you it will have absolutely nothing to do with the latest announcements. I think they were virtually guaranteed to hit their goal when Lincoln Riley originally communicated to the fan base how important the spring game is this year, But I digress. The latest announcements show me that the athletic department doesn't understand why the spring game is historically not attended very well by fans. It's pretty simple. The product on the field is utter garbage, and the school charges fans to buy tickets to a game that is completely unwatchable. So step one always needed to be make this thing freer than hell. I won't even watch the thing live on TV for free. What makes them think 80,000 would show up to pay to watch it? Like I've originally said, The only thing that would get me to go to a spring game is if the head coach implored people to show up for recruiting purposes. And I believe that most able Sooner fans will get that memo and show up in droves in two weeks. But in the possibility that I'm wrong with that assumption, I guarantee that the athletic department will be kicking themselves that they decided on Trace Adkins featuring other half-baked bits. I'm Grant Benson. This is West of Everest. Third down and seven.
1: Holloway going down the line with it.
0: Keeps it. Turns up field. First down. Breaks loose. They score. Touchdown.
1: So much for a freshman The great Keith Jackson with the call on Jamel Holloway's 44-yard touchdown run against Nebraska back on November 23, 1985. The impressive option keeper gave the Sooners a 14-0 first quarter lead. OU went on to beat the Huskers in dominating fashion 27-7. Later that season, the Sooners beat Penn State in the Orange Bowl to earn OU's sixth national championship. Hi, everyone. I am Lee Benson. You heard Grant at the beginning with the opening take. Today, we'll bring him back here in a moment. We've got a lot of spring practice topics on the rundown today, including OU's first scrimmage of the spring. Lincoln Riley said something about the scrimmage that could be a very good sign or quite alarming. We'll talk about what Riley said, plus other spring tidbits. Also, Baker Mayfield's Wonderlook score was released last week. Does that test at all matter to you who's listening? It seems like every single year the Wonderlook is a polarizing debate topic. We'll get to all of that here in a bit, but first... I want to remind you that we are on Facebook. If you're on Facebook as well, please find the West of Everest podcast page and give us a like. Grant was on Facebook Live a moment ago doing the opening take. Thanks to all who watched that and who all has uh, chimed in with some comments and questions, things like that over time. We really appreciate that. Also, if you're listening to the show on iTunes, feel free to give the show a rating and or a review. Also, you may all know that you can email the show. Email address is westofeverest at gmail.com. That is westofeverest at gmail.com. And finally, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Lee Benson News 9. Grant is at GrantBenson25. So now let's bring Grant back into the fold. How's everything going this week?
0: No, Lee, just bunkering down for the great snowstorm of April 2018 here in Minnesota. It's actually not that bad. We've only gotten like eight inches, but it has literally been snowing for 26 consecutive hours.
1: We're going to talk a lot about spring practice and what Lincoln Riley said Monday, but I got to say a bit of a tease to later in the show, because we'll have this as a topic. Your thoughts on Trey Sadkins. I have very different thoughts. Again, I figured maybe you'd have different thoughts, but it sounds like you're even more on the this is a bad idea train. And I am uh, certainly not on that train. So that's a bit of a tease to, uh, I'm sure, a bit of a debate that we'll have later on in the show. But first off, let's talk about Lincoln Riley speaking on Monday, his normal Monday availability. He talked about how Oklahoma had its first spring scrimmage this past Saturday. A couple of tidbits from Lincoln Riley's availability Monday. There There was officials at the scrimmage, Big 12 officials, so... Riley mentioned that there were some teaching moments based on some penalties that were called. Uh, he also mentioned that some young guys stepped up. A lot of them continue to impress, which not a whole lot there. It's something that a coach, I'm sure, would, would always say. Now to one of the most interesting parts of what he said. Riley said in describing the scrimmage, it was back and forth early on. And then in the second half, the defense dominated that part of the scrimmage. Riley added that the defense created turnovers, and it looked like the defense has more playmakers over there creating havoc. He also mentioned that when offensive guys made a mistake, that they were paying for it. So that leads me to the first question of the show for you, Grant. Does the defense dominating the last half of the scrimmage, is that a good thing to you? Or is that something that's an alarming fact, considering that Oklahoma's defense, not just last
0: year but the year before, was very bad. I feel like we kind of always have this discussion, you know, as a fan base at this time, at this time of year and also in August during fall camp when it starts. And the the story is always the same. The defense always dominates in these scrimmages. I don't know if you remember from back last August in the fall, but there were reports that the defense was was playing really well in those scrimmages also and and let's see how, you know, we'll see how see how that turned out over the course of the season. Um so I, obviously, the defense playing well is, is not a bad thing, but I also don't know if we can really gleam anything from it because defense historically does really well against offenses that they see every single day in practice. So my initial thoughts was that it,
1: it was an alarming thing to hear from Lincoln Riley because in my head, I was picturing both Kyler Murray and Austin Kendall struggling back at the quarterback position, which, uh, you know, At this time, the last couple years in spring ball, I'm certain that that wasn't ever a thing with Baker Mayfield. But then I remembered basically what you just said a moment ago about how this is something that happens all the time. We always hear about this. And sure, the defense kind of has a built-in advantage because they're familiar with the offense and practice. And uh, I've gotten to the point where I just want to see these guys going live in that spring game. I got to see uh, what the quarterbacks look like, and uh, you know, I'm kind of curious to see what the defensive scheme looks like. Is it going to be the same? Is it going to look different? Um, logic will tell me that it'll just be vanilla because it's a spring game, but um, you know, curious to see if anything looks differently. So that's that's kind of my takeaways from from that comment. So it, it sounds like um, we're both kind of on the same page when it comes to uh, when it came to what Riley said there. Another uh, bit from. From Lincoln Riley's availability, and he talked for about seven, eight minutes, and he had a lot of good, good things to say. Uh, certainly about certain players, and then about practice. Uh, he mentioned Ad Miller. He was asked about Ad Miller, and Miller's kind of one of those forgotten wide receivers who ended up redshirting last year because he had some injury issues, and um, he had a, took a year off part of the scout team. So Riley said that Miller's doing a pretty good job. He's stayed healthy. He's he's put on some weight, put on some strength after a year. And um, I did notice that Oklahoma posted a, I guess, if you want to call it a video, it technically was a video, but it was a very bizarre edited video to where it looked like it was a bunch of still shots edited together to make it look like it was moving video. And in that quick little 30-second video of the scrimmage on Saturday was a shot of A.D. Miller catching what it looked like to be a touchdown pass. So at least in the scrimmage, A.D. Miller looks like he um, had a nice scrimmage. You know, Who knows? He's got good size. Maybe he's got a receiver that will – That'll stand out or jump out next year.
0: Uh, Grant, any thoughts on A.D. Miller? Because at this point, I really have none. I want you to think back, Lee, all the way to September of 2016 when A.D. Miller was the leading receiver in that game against Ohio State. He had a touchdown in that game. He had another should-have-been touchdown um, early in the game in the first half as well. He should have had two touchdowns in the first half of that game. And he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth since that game. So he, he certainly flashed some ability in that game. I think there's always been kind of a, a consistency issue with him, with him with his hands, with him catching the ball, which, of course, is always an issue when, when we're talking about wide receivers. Um, you know, hey, I think anything we get from A.D. Miller at this point is just going to be gravy or icing, if you will. Um, he, he's he's going to be a series. Two very different things, by the way. Gravy, Gravy and icing, icing are incredibly different, but they're both toppings. I think they're they're both using the same context <laughs> in that point. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if A.D. Miller came, you know, came through this year and had a decent season. Um, it wouldn't be the first time we've seen something like that happen. A, a guy come in and his, his the latter part of his career with you know without having made a huge impact earlier on in his career and then coming back. I mean, it, it has happened before so we will see and the thing you like about ad miller is he's always he's always had the size aspect of him he's a guy who looks the part um he's he's just a monster of a human being he is huge so you know i i think ou has kind of always had a weird relationship with those big strong powerful receivers i know there there was there was kind of a fan obsession for for years and years about Dewan miller you know back when he was here from from 09 to to like 2011 um, oh, so yeah. I, I, always kind of think about like Ad Miller and Dewan Miller and, uh, and, and DeJuan Miller are both pretty same, uh, you know, the same in that respect. So we'll see, you know, I, I, I like Ad Miller. I'm kind of surprised, honestly, that, that he wasn't, uh, he wasn't a guy who got processed out of the program, but, but if he, if he's here, uh, then, you know, he, he he'll be expected to make some plays if he's put on the field. And, and I think, uh, you know, as a senior, going into his fifth year in the program, hopefully the light has at least come on a little bit. Um, but like I have said, in the past, we've seen that's not always the case for these big receivers, Jeff Mead being the most recent example. Just the light never came on for him.
1: Quarterback situation, as expected, Riley not really giving much away at all. He said that there's not a whole lot of separation right now at that spot. He said it's pretty close right now. I think that's just Riley out of respect for all the quarterback all the quarterbacks on the roster uh i think inside in his head he knows who whose guy is and uh it's probably kyler murray but um just out again out of respect for the competition he's not going to give anything away publicly there so we're not going to learn much about the quarterback situation i suppose we'll learn a little bit who ends up out there you know for the spring game starting the first series i guess but maybe not at running back though that's somewhat interesting he mentioned that kennedy brooks the last two or three practices is starting to click for him a lot of big plays for brooks riley said that he had a 70 80 yard run this past monday and what made that run even more interesting is that justin broil the defensive back at the last moment came in and popped the ball out of brooks's hands at the one yard line so that was something that lincoln riley wanted to make clear that justin has made a nice play and then Additionally, another new running back, TJ Pledger, he mentioned that he's physical, he has some pop to him. And Riley mentioned that there's five backs right now who are good football players, which that's not earth-shattering news. We all know that they're talented. But it brings me to this next question for you, Grant. Now, last year, of course, the running back spot, there's four guys, and spring ball, fall ball, it was all... Riley saying oh I'm not sure who's the guy's going to be they're all really good and we all kind of thought oh come on he knows but then the season began and it proved that he was being honest because all the players got chances to play so is it possible that 2018 could be similar or is this one of those situations where it's obviously Rodney Anderson as the bell cow
0: I, I think I I don't think it's going to be exactly like last season where where you saw, especially in the first handful of games, you saw really a running back by committee. That That's not going to be the case this year. Rodney is, is the unquestioned starter. I think he's going to get a, a majority of the carries. Having that been said, though, I don't think he's going to be a guy that they just feed the rock to 30 or 35 times. Trey Sermon's going to get 10 to 15 carries per game. I, I think you're more likely to see a distribution like you saw with Samaje Pirine and Joe Mixon. Uh, Trey Sermon's a guy who needs the ball in his hands. I think it, really nothing bad happened this past season whenever Trey Sermon had the ball. So uh, he, he's, he's going to be a guy who continues to get the ball. Uh, but at the same time, you got, you got Rodney Anderson, who looks like a potential star back there. I think he's, he's going to get plenty of opportunities in the open field. Um, I, am the o, OU is, they're very set at the running back position. I think all of us were, were disappointed to see Abdul Adams go you know, he's transferring to Syracuse. Um, but I, it's, they're, they're not hurting for depth at all. And I think Kennedy Brooks is a guy who I'm really interested to see. He's, he, he's one of, of maybe, you know, five or six players. I'm really interested to see uh, the spring game in a couple weeks. Uh, Kennedy Brooks is a guy who, um, who just has really outstanding high school tape. And he's kind of that. That traditional sort of one cut and go runner that OU really likes, kind of think uh, like a Demarco Murray type. Um, he doesn't. He, he doesn't. He, he's not the same kind of athlete as Demarco Murray. Just the same type of runner. He likes to make one cut and get upfield. Um, so I, I mean, you can never have too many guys back there. And, and of course, TJ Pleasure. He he looks he looks pretty much like a like a clone of Roy Finch. So. Um, certainly a lot of good options there. I think that's a OU again. I, last year we, we started talking about, man, does OU have, you know, a top five backfield or maybe the best backfield in the country after it being such a question mark. And I think we're going to have, we're going to have similar questions this year. This is, this is one of the five best uh, running back cores in in the country. And I think uh, we have, we have every right to be excited about their potential production this year. Yeah. I mean, based on what we know right now,
1: it, be foolish to strongly predict that Oklahoma's running back competition will be like 2017 uh, because Rodney Anderson's probably or he was probably the best running back in college football from November on last season I mean maybe probably even better than Saquon Barkley and Bryce Love so conventional wisdom would say that unequivocally he's the guy to start 2018 but uh, as you said though Trey Sermon he'll be in the mix of course as well he'll get a lot of snaps you mentioned Kennedy Brooks Plus, you know that I'm gonna want to see my guy Marcellus Sutton get some more playing time this yeah, fall. get I, another shot.
0: Yeah, I was actually when when you said they or when when Lincoln Riley said he had five backs in my head, I'm thinking, God, who's the fifth guy? And then of course I remember it's Marcellus Sutton. Um, so, and also I, I did want to note here too. This was this was one of the the positives of me going back and watching the Rose Bowl. Guys, Rodney Anderson is so good. I mean, he is he's incredibly good. So I mean he's a he he is a dynamic type athlete you want and and they really should be trying to feed him the ball as many times as as realistically possible next season he he is an absolute stud and he is a, he's he's a future NFL starter.
1: So here's something that I didn't have in the rundown, but it makes sense to go off on this topic for a moment when we're talking about Rodney Anderson. So recently I saw some updated Heisman Trophy odds, which it's. Well, it's april now these odds came out last week at the end of march so they're they're still they're still relatively new but the reason i bring it up is because the favorite to win the heisman trophy right now is bryce love at plus four fifty. Second favorite is jonathan taylor from wisconsin at plus 600 those are the only two running backs here and they've listed eight people the only two running backs on the list are love and taylor no rodney anderson at all I'm sure once the season gets a little closer and there's more than just eight people listed, they'll have some odds for Rodney Anderson. But wouldn't if you go to Las Vegas and you can figure out what Rodney Anderson's odds are, because I'm sure it's if he's not even on this list. I mean, at, at worst, he's going to be like plus twenty five hundred, maybe even worse than that. Wouldn't that be a, a good future bet to put your money on if they have Bryce Love and Jonathan Taylor up here at the top as favorites? Because why wouldn't? I mean, you could make the argument that Rodney Anderson's better than both those guys.
0: I would. Yeah, it's an interesting bet. Uh, I don't know. I mean, those guys are on there. Bryce Love finished second in Heisman voting. And and I think Jonathan Taylor was in, was like finished fifth in Heisman voting last year. So uh, that's why they're up there. Um, yeah. I, is it a good bet? No, it's a bad bet. A running back is just very likely not going to win the Heisman. Um, I, I would. It's Taylor. And well, point being that if you're going to and I agree with you on that. If you're going to put money down on a future
1: bet for a running back, why not put it on Rodney Anderson, where your payoff would be substantially a lot more? Yeah, in that than context, like Love or Taylor.
0: In, in that context, if if you're looking for a value bet, then yeah, I, I would. I think I, I I doubt you would find any sharp that wouldn't say that Rodney Anderson is probably a better value bet than Bryce Love or uh, or Jonathan Taylor. So you know, I don't know, Lee, Lee. Just right off the top of your head, who's going to win the Heisman next year? Go now. Will Greer. Interesting. I totally disagree with that, but I don't really have any sort of uh, alternative. So, so listen, so, and that, that was my next topic is that Will Greer is at
1: the bottom of this list at plus 2100. And I remember, I think maybe either we were talking about this off air months ago, or maybe we did it on the podcast. I can't remember, but I remember thinking Will Greer is a, is a easy dark horse Heisman contender because he's one of the best quarterbacks, in the nation he was last year he's coming back he's a veteran guy in a, a nice offense at west virginia and now you got baker mayfield gone out of the big 12 will greer is in a good spot i mean here's some other names on this list ahead of him same odds to win the heisman jk dobbins from ohio state we saw him last year dobbins of course is talented so dobbins has better odds to win the heisman than uh, rodney anderson talking running backs kyler murray grant is at plus 2000 which is one, two, three, four, five, six, the seventh best odds. So right now, Kyler Murray, yeah, that's seventh. Uh, yeah,
0: that doesn't surprise me at all because uh, I mean, if if OU is in the college is is in the playoff discussion, Kyler Murray is going to be a Heisman candidate. I mean, I think that's if yeah. if, if 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 the Sooners are are a very good team next year kyler murray is very very likely going to be a heisman candidate guy so uh or or or, or it's rodney i guess I, you know i don't know so we'll, we'll see how the season goes i guess it's we're so far out i guess this is just uh true, true this is just it's, this is us just speculating now well what'd you like to say last week hey it's a podcast you know it's the off season yeah, that's you know, what true. else do you have to do we yeah we got nothing else to talk about i don't know Leah. I, I it's I I tried to to think in my head real quick uh, the index in my head of of because it's it, a quarterback is going to win it next year so or, or you know most likely going to win it so I don't know man the only like my my head keeps going back to it, it's going to be either like Tua or um or I don't know it's going to be someone who just it could be someone that totally surprises you what if what if Mackenzie Milton that so, UCF wins it you know I mean I don't know.
1: So yeah, hold well. I mean, without Scott Frost there, there's no way that UCF's going to be anywhere near as good as they were last year. Uh, if if so, I'd be downright. You shocked. know
0: what, Lee? Before, sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish. I'm going to throw one name out there, which I, I don't know. He he probably is on your list, but this this might be a, a decent uh, decent dark horse. Trace, we'll McS- throw it out. Trace McSorley. Uh, he's on the list. He's uh, not I on mean, the list, huh? Uh, he's. No. I mean, he's because I think I, I think he might. Off the top of my head, I can't. I, he, he might be the best quarterback in the Big Ten. So that's why I, I think.
1: So here we go. So here's this is my next thing to where if you can get Rodney Anderson and put some money down on him, why it's an even better bet. Because, like I said a moment ago, a quarterback's going to win it. Because a quarterback always wins the Heisman, right? Well, when I name you all these quarterbacks that are favorite to win the Heisman trophy. This might be one of those years where the quarterback doesn't because none of these quarterbacks to me are really like, oh, yeah, that guy stands out as like an obvious guy, like, for instance, last year, Baker Mayfield. So you got we already talked about Kyler Uh, just above Kyler. Better odds. Shea Patterson. At plus 1650. He hasn't done much for me at all. Khalil Tate from Arizona. He's a kind of a one-trick pony kind of guy. Just a lot of running. And I, he kind of fell off at the end of last year. I know he, had, he was kind of hot for like six weeks. But uh, I think defense kind of figured him out. Then there's Tua. Tua's at plus 1250. And then the best odds for a quarterback to win it is Jake Fromm. And Jake Fromm doesn't, doesn't play like a guy that... Like he's more of a game manager. And Georgia will continue to have him as a game manager because that's where their offense is designed yeah I, mean, I see
0: Fromm as a guy who you know by the time he's a senior in college he's going to be someone who resembles uh like A.J. McCarron a lot that's who I kind of see Jake Fromm as a guy who is who is very capable and at times can can maybe win some games for you later in his career uh but yeah I, I don't I don't know if I ever see Fromm as as an elite uh college quarterback I, I think his his ceiling is A.J. McCarron so all those quarterbacks I listed that have, you know, those are the best
1: odds for quarterbacks. None of those guys are, at least to me. And what do you think? Are like, oh yeah, that that's a that's an easy candidate for Heisman.
0: Out of the out of the ones that you mentioned, the easiest candidate out of that to me was probably Khalil Tate. Um, we might we might have a year where we kind of have a down year of quarterbacks. You know, this was a this this past season. There it seems like there was a lot of star quarterbacks. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, th- this could be a year like you know two years ago where Lamar Jackson just kind of comes out of nowhere and just his numbers are so good that you just can't, you can't deny him. So uh, that's, that's an argument in favor of Khalil Tate, I think. And I guess uh, and I should have mentioned this before,
1: cause, and I didn't know until I just searched it a second ago, because I, I, I thought this was a thing, but I wanted to double-check. Shea Patterson, he's going he's gonna to be at Michigan now. And I guess I thought he was still at Ole Miss. So that's interesting that he's in the Big Ten yeah it's it's
0: i mean the the whole idea for looking for a heisman it's just you pick 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 the teams you think are going to be in the top 10 over the course of the year the teams that you think can compete for a national championship and who's their quarterback and and there you go Uh, that's that's why shea patterson is on there he hasn't he hasn't done anything at the collegiate level that suggests he he should be a heisman favorite Uh, that's just the vegas odds makers i don't know just because one of my first thoughts was, all right, who's Michigan's quarterback going to be next year? Who's Ohio State's quarterback going to be? And so that's that. That's where you start with those discussions. So is is, is Shea Patterson going to be in the Heisman discussion? Maybe. I don't know. I, I think there's even – there's doubt right now whether or not he's even going to be eligible to play next year. Um, so we'll see. I, I doubt that he will be because I don't think he's ever really shown that, that, that sort of success at the college level. But neither had Lamar Jackson, and then he won the Heisman. So,
1: mm-hmm. All right, back to Lincoln Riley talking about spring ball. A couple other tidbits, and this is the injury portion of the discussion on spring practice. So Jordan Parker last week, we found out, returned to practice for the first time this year. or for The first time since basically last season because he, he was injured in that UTEP game. So Parker is back, although Riley did say that he's not doing any contact stuff. Riley also mentioned that Alex Dalton is not quite as far along as they'd like him to be, so he's not having any contact in practice whatsoever as well Uh, something new that we didn't know chance sylvie last week apparently sprained his ankle and so he missed the scrimmage so sylvie with a sprained ankle and then he also mentioned that robert barnes missed the scrimmage as well with a hamstring injury which hearing that led me to think of this question based on all the evidence that we have at hand should we consider robert barnes to be one of those football players grant who just can't stay healthy because high school senior year broke his leg last year he had hamstring issues during the year and now he's got a hamstring again in spring ball i mean is is it fair to to just wonder if he's one of those kind of football players
0: yeah i think that's a concern right now for sure i mean when he's he's had a slightly you know he, he had one very significant injury his senior year of high school then another you know fairly significant one last year I mean, anytime your hamstring is hurt it's really hard to move around and then the hamstring again here in the spring um i i hope you're wrong but yeah, I, I think right now it certainly is something, uh, somewhat of a concern. Um, they really need Robert Barnes to be healthy. I, I think that is just that is of maybe the utmost importance uh, of the defense. I just I, I'm I'm not particularly comfortable with uh, with Khalil Hotton and Chance Sylvie being the two starting safeties. That just that that doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside.
1: Well, I do like the fact that the Oklahoma secondary though has talent everywhere so yeah i mean i'd certainly love robert barnes to be 100 percent healthy and be playing because he's one of those super talented guys but uh, i'm not as devastated where if you know if he's one of those players that just is banged up a lot and you just misses time here and there and i know you're not supposed to hold injuries against people you know sometimes they're random sometimes guys just have bad luck but it's certain it seems like guys playing football just Some guys just get injured more than others. And I was wondering, off the top of your head, can you think of anybody at at OU over the last handful of years or since you've been paying attention that stand out to you as players that had those bumps and bruises and had those availability concerns because they were always injured? Because I don't really know of any. Well, no, because because
0: typically when there are people like that, they never play and they're kind of forgotten. So, yeah, I and mean, I'm sure we could we, we could probably go back into our records or whatever and, or look back at past rosters and be like, oh, yeah, that guy. He was always hurt, and we would obviously recognize their name. But, no, I mean, off the top of my head, I cannot think of anybody. Um, I guess maybe the one maybe would be someone like Ryan Reynolds um, who, who seemed like he was hurt a lot over the course of his career, but when he wasn't hurt, I mean, he was an excellent player, so it's – and I, I mean, really, for the most part, the most notable one is he, he tore his ACL in that Texas game halfway through the mm-hmm. year in 2008. I think he may have missed uh, maybe the better part of the 2006 season. And then he came back and he played all of 2009 and was spectacular. So I don't know Ryan Reynolds is, is the one guy I think of. But other than that, I, you know, maybe someone like Adrian Taylor. But, you know, his his injury wasn't I mean, his injury was so catastrophic. I mean, that's why he wasn't out. So, you know, I it's yeah, that's a good question. I just remember last year, the the one player where we were all holding
1: our breath throughout the season was Will Johnson with his concussion concerns, because I know the year before he had had some issues, but Will Johnson, for the most part, was available last year, and he was able to play a lot, and, and I know there was a, a moment in the year where he did miss some time, but Will Johnson was, again, mostly available last year, so that was good. Think back to, I mean, a lot of this comes up a lot in, in the NFL, because in the NFL, players play a lot longer, and they're on certain teams, and it's not college where there's so much turnover and off the top of my head in the NFL the guys that really stand out to me the main one currently is Jordan Reed the for the Redskins I mean that guy's always injured I mean he only played six games last year the year before he missed five games he only missed two games in 2015 but in 2014 he missed five games as well so if yeah you know, and the reason I bring him up too is I was one of the the guys I I drafted him I had him on my fantasy team and he was useless so Jordan Reed's annoying, and Grant. For you, of course, you remember Colts' great Bob Sanders.
0: That wow. guy was awesome, but he could never stay healthy. That guy was. I mean, that's always sad too when you're when, when you're the best player in the world at your position, and you just can't stay healthy. I mean, that's that guy was so fun to watch play. I mean, I that's Bob Sanders. If 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 you, if you would have stuck like um, uh, prime level Bob Sanders on OU's defense this year. They would have been like a top fifteen defense in the country. I'm dead serious. He he was he he was that much of an eraser and and he he had that much impact on on a defense. Is this Bob so.
1: Sanders uh, NFL Bob Sanders or is this college Bob Sanders you're talking about?
0: Uh, either or, either or. <laughs> but I mean, obviously NFL Bob Sanders would probably have a much bigger impact. But yeah, that that's a guy who would that, that's a guy as a as. And he's like, he was like 5'8", 200 pounds, and he was just a, he was a human wrecking ball to opposing offenses. That guy was so fun to watch. Continuing on with Lincoln Riley's
1: thoughts from Monday, he mentioned Grant Calcaterra is fully capable and ready to take over and be a starter for OU. He mentioned that Calcaterra has trimmed down a bit. He had thought that Calcaterra had gotten a little too heavy. So he, uh, he's trimmed down a bit, and Calcaterra and the quarterbacks have great rapport because Calcaterra is so consistent catching the football. And Riley also mentioned that Calcaterra is better than he was at any point last year. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Grant Calcaterra because aside from Kyler Murray, I'd say Calcaterra is probably the player on Oklahoma that I'm most excited to see this upcoming year in 2018. And I'm just speaking about players that Are not already proven that we haven't seen all that much. And Calcaterra coming out of high school, he's even more, or he was even more highly touted than Mark Andrews was. I was looking this up today. I mean, Calcaterra was the second best tight end in his class in 2017. And Andrews, when he was coming out of high school, he was the seventh best tight end. So, in theory, there's even more upside there with Calcaterra. A bit of a downside Calcaterra is a couple inches shorter than Mark Andrews so the size isn't quite there but as far as body type they look very similar so I am uh, I'm incredibly excited to see how he fits into the offense and see if he's able to just make a seamless transition from Mark Andrews to Calcaterra is that uh, something that you're looking forward to as well
0: yeah I'm excited for Calcaterra and I know it's always you always want to pump the brakes especially when you're replacing a you know a consensus all-american like Mark Andrews was uh, but I, I I think Grant Calcaterra is is a more talented. And I think he's going to be better than Mark Andrews. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited to watch him. I think he's a better athlete. Um, and um, it's it'll be really interesting to see what sort of opportunities Calcaterra gets this year if he's ready to fully step into that Mark Andrews role and be on the field a majority of the time. I, I, I certainly think he's capable of it. Um, I, I'm 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 fully all in on Grant Calcaterra. I think he's going to be a spectacular player for the Sooners. And finally, finishing
1: up Lincoln Riley's Monday availability as he was talking about spring football and giving us an update. uh, He did mention that he will indeed pay for tuition if a student at OU makes a 40-yard field goal during the spring game. So it's not just a a gimmick. Riley did say that he will pay if somebody is able to kick a 40-yard field goal. And I know you touched on that a little bit at the top of the show. Um... It's one of the uh, gimmicks that Oklahoma is trying to use to try to get more people interested in the spring game. So uh, the idea of a student making a 40 yard field goal and to clarify, it's it's got to be a scenario too where they kick a 20 yard field goal and make it go back, kick a 30 yard field goal, make that. And then they also have to kick the 40 yard field goal to earn tuition from Lincoln Riley. The chances of that happening are incredibly slim. I mean. Hitting a twenty-yard field goal, okay, I can see that happening. But even kicking a thirty-yard field goal is going to be incredibly difficult for a random student. And then a forty-yarder? Are you kidding me? I mean, it's difficult for a lot of college kickers to kick forty-yard field goals. So that's that's uh, probably not going to happen.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely not happening. But I mean, I this is another. I, I'll I, be I, watching. I mean, I'm not. I don't. I could not care <laughs> less at all about a student kicking a field goal. Um, you know, I, this is. Uh, that's not going to get students to come to the game. You know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm more concerned about student, uh, students showing up than I am about actual like people with lives. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. It's, I, I, especially it's how it was when I went to school at OU. Um, a lot of the students around me when you're at those games, they look for any excuse to leave those games. So, you know, I'm, it's, I, we'll see. I'm, I'm a little, I, I've, I may have a little too much faith in the sooner faithful to to get us to eighty thousand in that game. Um, I don't know, man. I, I guess I I've, in this in this thirty minutes we've been recording it, I may I may have already talked myself uh, internally into, um, into thinking maybe they won't get to eighty thousand. It's it's one of those days, Lee cuz now i look I, I totally forgot about the whole the, the whole 40 yard field goal gimmick cuz that's that's super lame as well.
1: Oh, did you not, did you not mention that? In the opening I open I did tag? mention. I I, I
0: mentioned I mentioned a student racing Hollywood Brown, which is also a stupid gimmick. This is a stupid gimmick. You know, I I guess may I mean, I they they might be just, you know, on, on another island playing just playing 4D chess and I'm just I'm totally ignorant of it and they know exactly what's going on, but I don't know man, this just doesn't really scream to me. They know exactly how to get people into the seats. Um, we'll see uh, we'll see. I, I'm not not a, not a fan of the gimmicky stuff. Just make the product on the field better and't and don't, just don't make people pay for it. Uh, there you go.
1: All right. So now into some of the additional topics that we have on the show that uh, well, before we started, you mentioned that you might be uh, in the mood to go on some rants here and there. And I think so far you've done a pretty good job. I don't think you have really gone on any. But these next couple topics, particularly one of them, the first one might lead you to go on another rant in addition to your opening take. So uh, we teased it earlier. The Trace Atkins concert. OK, last week on this podcast, the news had just broke. And we talked about how this is how Oklahoma's gonna do the spring game, all the events, they're gonna have the Trace Atkins concert, they're gonna have food trucks, they're gonna have a Bob Stoop statue unveiling, they're gonna they're gonna uh, get Baker Mayfield's Heisman Trophy and talk about that or do whatever they do with the Heisman, getting their their copy of it. All all these things going on. So uh, we didn't know at that time that there would be this this online social media backlash against Trace Adkins coming to Owen Field and performing, and I I was going to ask you what your thoughts are in this situation. Okay, so you talked about it on your opening or in your opening take a bit. Why are you so vociferously against this idea?
0: I'm not saying I'm like I'm I'm not totally over the top against it. I mean, if they want to invite Trace Adkins, sure. I'm I'm sure it's not gonna it's not gonna make attendance smaller. You know, so it's just it's um I. My problem with it is that it's it's kind of a hail mary, and it's sort it's it's just kind of lame. They they, they tease the thing for about a month that they were gonna have new stuff coming out uh, to get people in the seats for the game, and then it turns out it's Trace Adkins. Trace Adkins is not really that famous, so that's why it's just kind of he's not even he's not even really that famous amongst hardcore country music fans. I mean he's he's had some hits, but other than that, it's and also I, I just don't know. I mean what's your what's your what's your goal here? Do you wanna I. I think this is them signaling that they think it's more important to get casual or not casual fans, but fans from, from outside of Norman in, uh, because Trace Adkins, I mean, young people are not going to come and watch Trace Adkins. So if they think that maybe this is a good ploy to get families to come, uh, perhaps that that's it. But I, I, I guess just my, my big issue was the most obvious thing that they needed to do was to make the thing free. And so I, I just, I, anything that they did before that just almost seems nonsensical. So that's my biggest problem with it.
1: Okay. Okay. So it's it's not that uh, you just absolutely hate Trace Adkins and just despise his music. I don't. Trace Adkins. Music and- I, don't
0: I, I couldn't tell you a single song he sings. I'm sure. I'm sure I've heard songs of his that I like. Um, but no, I mean, it's just it's not really. It's not going to move the needle. It's not going to get anybody excited. I, I just I don't have a problem with Trace Adkins being there. It's fine. I just if if that's what they're counting on to get them to eighty thousand, that's just their. That's just not going to happen. So,
1: I was shocked to see all the, and again, this is, I hate saying social media backlash because how many people are on social media? I don't know if we've talked about this before on the podcast, but generally on Twitter, very few people are on Twitter in the grand scheme of things. A lot more people are on Facebook than are on Twitter. Uh, How many people are on message boards? Not that many in the grand scheme of things. So, when there's backlash on those platforms, I normally think, okay, who cares? It's it's not uh a it's it's more of like a minority of people with loud voices. The idea behind Trace Atkins is obviously, hey, this is a country music star who I I mean, Trace Atkins is well known. I to me I yeah, I guess he's older, but to me he's still mainstream. I mean, like I I didn't have to look up Trace Atkins when I heard he was coming. And the idea is that people who wouldn't otherwise want to go to a spring football game, hey, maybe I will want to go to a Trace Atkins concert, which that will then get more people in the stands to try to make this spring game feel a lot bigger than it would be otherwise. So when was the last time they had a concert before the spring game? Never, as far as I know. So isn't it fair to to assume that there's going to be thousands of people that would normally not care about spring football, but care about trace adkins and that will show up that wouldn't otherwise be there
0: i think you're way i mean you're way overdoing it if you think it's going to be thousands of people swayed by that no i, I just I, I don't i if there's if, if people go to the spring grant if people go to the spring game i assume they're going to go because they like OU you football they're not going for trace adkins that's the problem i have with this make it easier to go to the football game make it about the football game this is about football um so i i'm Nebraska. But it's really
1: not about football though. I mean spring spring games are like you said, they're they're not good. I mean the product's not good. So that's why they're trying to do other things to attract people to get Yeah, go to the game.
0: And, and sure and yeah, you know I might be totally wrong and the Trace Adkins idea might be a total slam dunk for them. I mean that might be the reason they get to eighty thousand. I, I, I think I, I just think personally I think it would have been more effective if you made the game free and not ten dollars to get in and then you had Lincoln Riley on the airwaves just constantly saying we got to have people there, we got to have people there. That would have been way more effective than just saying, "Hey, let's let's get Trace Atkins here. Let's let's have Lincoln Riley mention how important the spring game is like four or five times over the last two months." When when I think it sh- it should have it, sh- it should have they will show up. And I think that should have been their main strategy. And so I, I could be wrong. I could be totally off base. I hope I am. I I do. I I hope I hope Trace Atkins is a huge success, and they get they get eighty five thousand. I hope they sell out the entire place. Um, but but I think they were probably guaranteed to do it if they made the thing free, and then they had Lincoln Riley about anywhere they could get them, saying that we need eighty thousand people there. I think that would have that would have taken care of it pretty easily. Yeah,
1: I agree that if you want to get that many people, and you you haven't done that before, I mean Oklahoma's they get a lot of people. I think the past few years they've gotten somewhere in the 40,000 range so you know roughly half of what they're trying to get but if you've never gotten up to 70 80,000 I, I agree it makes sense hey just make it free obviously people will come in they'll they'll buy popcorn and they'll buy drinks and things like that so you can make some money off of the concessions but I mean Oklahoma's not hurting for money so I mean a spring game make it free I, I'm with you uh just for comparison's sake Ohio State who normally does very well with the spring game they actually get you know 70 80 90 whatever thousand at, at the shoe this year it's five bucks for ohio state so ohio state charges uh nebraska is going to charge and they're they're sold out i mean they're they're just starving for good football so uh there's some big time programs that can still charge and still get all these people for whatever reason oklahoma can't do that so i'm i'm with you i i think i think they should have made it free as well um maybe there's a reason that we're not thinking of why they didn't make it free
0: they have to pay trace
1: adkins that's why Oh, they could find another way to pay tra- pay Trey Sackins, though. Uh, the, I mean, I guess I don't have any ideas off the top of my head. But if they really wanted to pay Trey Sackins, I mean, heck, Lincoln Riley could have paid Trey Sackins out of his pocket, I and mean, he's gonna, he said he'd pay for a student's tuition. I can't imagine Trey Sackins is is uh, more than tuition to OU for a year. Uh, you know, if they really want to do it, if if they really want to get that many people there, so uh, yeah, I. Sure I mean if, if that's the only way they could pay for Trace Atkins, I suppose it makes sense, but I have a hard time buying that. They couldn't find other ways to uh to pay I, Trace I'm Atkins, just saying but.
0: their their best bet was was going to be exactly what I outlined, and them doing their absolute best to make next or uh that Saturday as much like a Saturday in the fall on campus as you possibly can um and I mean, I'm sure they, they may have run into some logistical problems with that, with the city and whatnot, but I, that was always going to be their best bet is, is to try to recreate a Saturday in the fall, and, and I don't think this is going to do it. I may be wrong, but, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, I have no idea how many people are going to be there. I, I'm kind of uh, hesitant, or not hesitant. Um, I don't know if I buy the idea that Lincoln Riley constantly saying, hey, we need you out here would sway a lot of people to come to the game. I don't know if that would really get people to go.
0: I, I really think it would. I, I think, I think there's a lot of people who want to feel involved in the program that they love. And this is a way to to make them feel involved. And I've, I've already said it numerous times. If I was in Oklahoma, I, I would be there. And, and, and otherwise um, even if I was in Oklahoma, you wouldn't, you wouldn't catch me dead at a spring game. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm just saying it's uh, it's, if there are recruits in the balance, I I, I would be there in a heartbeat, and I, I can't imagine I'm the only person who thinks who thinks like that.
1: Yeah, I, don't, I have nothing else really to add to this. Um, I just don't think it's I, I think it's a net positive for for Trace Atkins. I think more people will be there because of yeah. This. I don't I and, don't think
0: it's a negative thing. I don't think people are not going to show up because of so Trace Atkins. So that's why
1: I'm so that's why I'm so like surprised by the pushback. Then it's like okay, so should they just not have had a concert? Because if they just don't have a concert, then there's probably a lot of people then it would that's fewer people that are probably going to be there
0: My argument is that is that more people would have shown up if it was free than they're going to show up okay. to pay ten dollars to see trace Adkins uh, okay. to play play like five songs and then see bad football. <laughs> So I I would, I'm just, I'm just saying like as, as a family, it's probably better to go. I mean, what if you take your entire family, it's completely free and it doesn't necessarily matter that you just watched a bunch of terrible football. You got to be in front of a big crowd or not in front of it, but in a big crowd and you got to have a fun little trip to Norman. Um, That is much cheaper now because you didn't have to pay for tickets to get in. So, I mean, that's, that's the point. I I just, I I don't think Trace Atkins is going to move the needle. It probably will be a net positive when you compare it to last year, but I, I just think that wasn't the, the route I would have gone. And I think, I, I think the social media backlash is you got a lot of people who love their Oklahoma football and they just think that wasn't the best way to go about things. That's the backlash. I, I doubt I, I doubt the backlash is a bunch of people saying, oh my God, Trace Atkins is terrible. He's, I hate his music. I'm sure that's not what it is. It's mostly people just like, "Uh, that's kind of lame. That's all. Have you been on the the message board to things
1: like that has has the backlash been like oh this this should be free like what you're saying or from what i've heard or from i shouldn't say what i've heard but from what i've gathered from a couple of people that are not a big fan of this the backlash is mostly coming for they would prefer somebody other than trace adkins like some like a yeah, that's I don't know, that, like, that's, a, that is, like a different genre of mu- like a rapper or something. You know, and to me, it's just like okay, that would be cool for the fi- like the students and stuff like that, and the players because a lot of you know a lot of college football players, like millennials, young people, like rap music a lot more than older people. But like, will that get more people into the seats? Though I, I don't think. know. I mean, I guess it, it depends on who it would be. If it was a big time, huge person, I mean, obviously that would that would be a massive thing, but
0: yeah that would be huge and it would always depend like i don't know there is yeah i i I, that has been a huge complaint i've seen people you know a lot of people wanted you know like chance the rapper and i mean you know really big time uh, guys you know who who sell out arenas and whatnot um sure that sounds great i just i don't know the viability of that so i'm not really going to comment on it i mean if it's yeah if they had the choice between trace adkins and chance the rapper it's like you know obviously it was a terrible move picking trace atkins but i but i'm sure that was not an option so um yeah i, I guess yeah i i, I just I, I don't really like the idea of having a concert to try to to try to get people to come i just if if, if you have to have a concert to get people to go there then people don't want to go you have to make it so that people want to go to the football game and so that's – and it's, it's, it's a problem, and it's a, it's, it's a problem that someone needs to solve, or at least uh, we don't know yet. It, it, may, it may have already been solved with the Trace Atkins thing, uh, but, but we'll see. Well, the whole point of it to me
1: is that they know that nobody wants to go to a spring – or not, not nobody because, I mean, 45,000 people or whatever were, were there last year, but people don't care that much about spring football, so the whole idea is to make this entire day just a giant event – and people want to come to this big event. And you're arguing is like, oh, the football should be better. People should want to come for the football part. And it's like, well, they're not playing a real game. So and, and I, I don't guess, know if that's even possible. And that's
0: fine. I understand what they're doing. Because, yeah, they have a ton of stuff going. They have the food trucks. They have the Bob Stoops statue dedication. And then the concert all leading up to the game. I, I understand they're trying to make it an event. But when I think of college football and events, I think of football college football. That's why I love college football and that's why other people love college football. That other stuff, if they just make it a giant event and it has nothing to do with college football then that just, that doesn't speak to me and I just assume that there's other people who, who think like I do. So, I, I mean, I, I just, yeah, Trace Atkins does absolutely nothing for me. It's 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 the football that does a lot for me and that's why, that's why I say, if Lincoln Riley is out saying, you can help us be a better football team by coming out that's what resonates with me and I just I, I assume there's there there has to be a lot of people who have the same sort of thought processes me with that and that that's all I'm saying and I, I could be wrong um I I but I'm I'm arguing my point for a reason it's because I don't think I'm wrong so um we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens okay. I, I I hope we get the 80,000 I hope we do so do I so
1: do I all right before we wrap things up here quickly I want to touch on the Wonderlick scores being released last week. Five of the big time quarterbacks had their scores come out for the Wonderlick. And of course, I didn't bring them all up here, which I should have quickly. Well, let me, let me just quickly bring them all up so we can name them off. It was, here we go. So, Josh Allen of the ones that were released, uh, and I, I first heard this from a former NFL scout John Middlecoff. He was the one who released them. He's a, a part of Colin Cowherd's podcast network now. I've listened to a couple of his podcasts. It's interesting. He's uh he's a decent like a pretty good football mind so far and and I will continue to listen to his podcast. From what I've heard from him, he again like he he talks football and you know we want to hear a lot about football and his opinions seem pretty legitimate to me. And so he since he's a former scout, he obviously got the Wonderlick scores and he released them and I know I guess they're supposed to be confidential, but they always get leaked and he said them on his podcast and so from the, the five players that he mentioned on his podcast, Josh Allen had the highest score at 37, Josh Rosen, 29, Sam Darnold, 28, Baker Mayfield, 25, and the fifth quarterback he gave was Lamar Jackson, who got a 13 on the Wonderlook score. And so this is one of those things where every year their scores come out, and I always think it's interesting because I've always uh, – my very first job uh, in TV, I was given the Wonderlook by my – at that time he wasn't my boss but then he ended up being my boss and he was a he's a football guy he played football in college d2 level and really awesome guy and and still talk with him today and and he gave me the wonderlick in my job interview just to kind of because it's an intelligence test he wanted to see what i'm working with and i think a lot of employers do this and i don't remember my exact score on it but i was super excited to take it because i'd always heard about the wonderlick from the nfl draft and i'd always wanted to be challenged it's like oh man like how can i compare you know the certain players in the nfl and like am i as smart as andrew luck or you know whatever peyton manning and i can't remember what i got on it i I know i got somewhere in the 20s i want to say it was it wasn't as high as i would have liked i was hoping i got i'd get somewhere in the 30s but i'm not that smart and i got i think i got like a 25 or something or 26 it wasn't that great but it was still fun and so my question to you grant is The Wonderlick, is that interesting to you? Do you care about it? And have you ever taken one of those practice Wonderlick tests to see what it's like?
0: I think they're interesting as an anecdote. I I don't, I, I, you know, there, there, there is obviously some sort of correlation between that and some on field success. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't do the Wonderlick anymore. Um, Who knows how much the correlation, you know, how strong it is. But yeah, I mean, I, I think they're anecdotally interesting. I'm, um, I didn't really, I don't, I don't know much about Josh Allen, you know, Personality wise, or intelligence wise, or anything like that. So, a thirty-seven is a great, great score on that. And yeah, I, I have taken the Wonderlic, um, and it's it, it's one of those. I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily know kind of what it is. These are all questions that, if you were given an unlimited amount of time, I think anybody with a with a you know K through twelve education would do really well on it with no time limit. It's these are all these are all questions that pretty easily be figured out if you have a piece of paper in front of you and some time to work them out but what they're what they're measuring on this is your is is, is how quickly you can get it That that's the whole point point. and so that's why they really like them with quarterbacks because the idea is how quickly can you process information um so you know yeah i mean they're they're interesting and i and i i don't necessarily think that they they tell you a ton um But it can certainly give you an idea of of the amount of information that they can process, which obviously for a quarterback is in the NFL is a big deal. And, yeah, uh, I I did take it, and I I got like a 25 or 26, so somewhere around there.
1: And recently, too, in the last week, I saw another one of those tests where you could take the wonder lick, and I just did it one of the days before I went to work or and I'm uh, just curious because and, and for those who don't know, it's it's 50 questions and you get 12 minutes to answer it. So that goes to what you're talking about, how it it determines how quick you're able to make uh, decisions and how well you're able to answer questions uh, quickly. Because, like you said, if you're given an unlimited amount of time to do this test, uh, generally, you know, like you said, people that have K through 12 education would probably sc- get somewhere you know maybe they'd miss a couple but i mean they're they're pretty basic questions it's just sometimes you got to think about it a little bit and so i took one of these tests uh, the other day and i i think it's com. uh no that's not true i, I it's one of these you can find them anywhere and it was pretty cool it was nice cuz uh they told you all the questions and i could answer them on my computer and anyways i think i answered about 36 or 37 of them so i got i didn't even get to 50 before my time ran out and I got a twenty nine, and so my thought on that is, that's without me even having any sort of practice. Even it's surprising whenever some scores aren't very good because you got to think that going into the NFL draft or the NFL combine, you get like you you practice this stuff, right? I mean, you would think that. I mean, think about taking like the ACT or the SAT. You take practice ACT courses practice SAT SAT courses so if you're prepared to take the test and you still can't get a a decent score either that shows that one you just didn't take it seriously two you didn't practice for the test well enough you were unprepared or three you just you're not that bright and so that's like why I think it's it's kind of a it's it's just it's a measurement I mean it's not the end all be all as everyone says but um, I was looking at active quarterbacks grant that have won Super Bowls the average score of the Wonderlick for active quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls right now is 25 and that's even taking away the worst score which has been Roethlisberger who had a 25 and the best score which is Eli Manning who I believe had somewhere like a 39 or a 43 or something like that and the uh, the worst score of active quarterbacks who has played in a Super Bowl is Cam Newton and he got a 20 so recent history let's say the last 20 years um it's it seems that if you're going to play in the super bowl or win a super bowl as a quarterback your wonder looks got to be a, at least a 20 based on the last 20 years and so in that sense like i know you can go back to the 80s and things like that and you got dan marino and i guess donovan McNabb more recently who didn't have that good of a score but um if you want to look at more recent scores i mean the wonder look is potentially a A metric to to look at for quarterbacks if you're going to maybe have any sort of success at that high of a level of a a Super Bowl
0: it's just another piece of information that you can use to to judge someone and I I don't yeah I I, like I said earlier I think anecdotally they're they're really interesting when when those were leaked out and I heard that they were leaked out I I looked at them immediately because they are they are interesting I was curious Um, I, I guess for me personally I think that's their that's that's their biggest use these days and i think you, you know you mentioned that test last week that they're the other test that they're given that that supposedly you know mayfield aiq or yeah something. so you know i, I don't it, it it all depends i i don't think you know just because you don't score very well in the Wonder doesn't necessarily mean you're stupid and, and i don't think if you get a 37 doesn't necessarily mean you're a genius either so you know we'll we'll see i i you bring up josh allen and i i'm if if people want to point towards that just to to try to convince themselves that Josh Allen's going to be a good NFL quarterback, then then go for it. Um, but I'm well.
1: It certainly helps. The thing is though, too, it's weird. Remember um, remember Hard Knocks a couple years back when Jared Goff didn't know where the sun set or the sun rises. Did you watch one uh, Hard Knocks that year? Yeah,
0: I remember that because I also didn't know. So I I didn't know Seriously? either. Yeah, I don't know. That's just that's just a piece of information that you know or you don't. That that. That information has nothing to do with intelligence whatsoever. There's, there's that's, a, a,
1: that's a basic thing that the sun rises in the east, sets in the it's west. Not, it's,
0: never been, it's never been taught to me. How would I know that? Huh. Like, I, I know. I, I, well, just, uh, I just didn't know it. I okay. had never, like, I, I just, I, I'm sure I had heard it before. I just, I didn't know it. If someone qu- quizzed me, I was like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's never anything I've thought about. There's a difference between intelligence and knowing things. I mean
1: it's just kind of like an observational thing if you ever see where the sun is and where it comes up and goes down. I mean, and the whole point where I, uh, the reason I brought that up is cuz Jared Goff got a 36 on the Wonderlick. So Jared Goff's a pretty bright guy. Exactly. I'm that.
0: telling you there's there's a difference between being intelligent and also just and knowing stuff. Your intelligence is your is your ability to learn things. Uh, knowing things is just knowing things. You can I mean, you can be you, you <laughs> can even know you, you you can be dumb and know lots of things.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, interesting. Uh, I just one of the, the things that I always find interesting, though, is there are always it's and at the top of the show. I mentioned this is a polarizing debate every year because I know there's some websites and there's some people that don't like that these scores get released and they don't like that the NFL utilizes this test. And to me, it's like, why? I mean, what's in it for you? Because Clearly, they use it like other professions use this test as well. So I don't like either you're going to get a good score, bad score or not or like an average score. Okay, fine. It's just another metric to to decide whether or not you want to take a chance on somebody or not. So I don't see why there's an issue with the test. I mean, some people are smart. Some people are dumb. Some people are average intelligence like that's just the way things are in the world. So it's just it's always interesting to me when I see those and especially in the media that want to argue that this shouldn't be a thing and and we shouldn't have these scores come out because i don't know i mean i guess they don't they want to protect like they don't want to have scores like lamar jackson's like 13 come out i guess i don't know like yeah he had a 13 like that's not great i mean so what i mean lamar jackson will still get drafted and he'll have every chance to play in the nfl i'm sure because he's a really good football player so I don't I, yeah, I just I think it's always weird that there are those out there who don't who don't want it to come out for some reason. So I certainly always enjoy seeing the Wonderlook scores come out because it's interesting because you can kind of compare yourself to these athletes. It's just that's
0: what's so fun about it to me. If you have any other things to add, Grant, we will wrap up the show. No, Lee, I think you uh you did a pretty good job there. I'm done. Finished. For right. good. Just kidding.
1: All right. Well that's it for us. Join us next week for more. I'm sure we'll have a Uh, I'm sure I know we will for sure have a spring game preview and then a whole lot more OU football talk and then anything else that hits the news next week. Until then, for Grant, I'm Lee. This is West of Everest.